0: Cariana Frey is a Midwestern transplant to California for the last eight years and believes in the power of red lipstick to brighten any day. Growing up Baptist, Kariana joined the Roman Catholic Church in 2001 and loves discovering new and old things about her faith and sharing those tidbits whenever possible. Married to Steve for 14 years and mama to four, Carriana loves Jesus, champagne, and french fries, in that order. When she isn't teaching in the classroom or at home, you can usually find Kariana with a good book, writing a letter, or on Instagram, all in an effort just to avoid the inescapable chore of housework. We're so excited to share with you Kariana's story and her love for both the faith and sharing that faith with other people. My conversation with her was full of laughter, and I came away feeling so inspired to be a better mom and a better Catholic. We're proud to share with you Echoes and Hope with Kariana Frey.
1: I'm not a Creole Catholic. I actually converted, and oftentimes people assume that I converted from marriage, but I actually converted because I was called to the, uh, the Catholic Church. So I actually grew up Baptist in the Midwest and it was a church that my family actually founded back in the early 20th century. But that's where my, my faith was really fostered and cultivated and it was because of my aunt. My mother had four siblings growing up and very large extended family and everyone's very much involved in our home church and in living the life of the church and I remember for me the biggest takeaway what still with me is the music. The Black Baptist Church church, you know, we're talking strong gospel music. I can still hear the Hammond organ in my head and I still get chills when I hear a good organ. One thing that just stuck with me and how you could feel the spirit just moving inside of you through those beautiful songs, songs of struggle and of strife and of overcoming and endurance and just, you know, holding the hand of Christ the entire way. But as I grew older, as, you know, most kids do, I started disconnecting with my faith Um, right around high school and the big onus in that was that we moved further away from my aunts, who really were my spiritual connection and I stopped attending church because my mother was not big into going to church so I stopped attending church regularly however my best friend was Catholic and so whenever I would sleep over at her house on a Saturday night we'd go to mass and I remember one time going with her up during communion and receiving the Eucharist, and her mother's like, you're not Catholic, you can't have that. <laughs> but, you know, she didn't really explain why, she just said, you can't do that. I looked at that kind of planted a little bit of the seed, of I was like, why, why can't I? What's going on? Care. So backwards to college. I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Go Badgers! And I really started feeling this call for something bigger and something more. And I, I mean, I miss church. I miss that connection. I miss being able to worship. I miss being able to be in prayer. And yes, you can do that on your own, but we're built for community as humans. And I miss being around and being worshiping with people. So I went to an evangelical service with a couple friends and loved the music, but then something was missing. I started looking into... Judaism because i love the history and i love the connection throughout all the time eternal i looked into episcopalian i was definitely leaning more towards something with a strong literature with a strong history you know in hindsight the catholic church was always there for me i was not ready to receive or you know it's that idea that god will reveal to you when you are ready for it and so i'm searching and trying to figure out where am i supposed to be lord what do you want me to do and i was actually talking with an anglican pastor and we're having this conversation. I said, you know, I really feel this pull toward, you know, maybe the Catholic Church, but you know, they just don't seem very friendly to women. I don't really see that many Black people at Mass, so I don't even know, can Black folks even be Catholic? I was very open to just conversations. She said, well, why don't you just check it out? Which, again, this is an Anglican pastor, and I hear the speaker saying, I want to find a place to worship. She's like, go oh, check out the Catholic Church, because I think that's For again, all in God's timing. A good friend of mine had a reversion of faith. This is my junior year of high school. She grew up Catholic and then fell away in high school. And then she had the spiritual experience. And she's like, I want to sponsor you. Okay, what does that mean? She's like, I need to be with you. So she became my sponsor and fast forward to Easter Vigil 2001, I became fully Catholic and I cannot believe that it's been 19 years. I will have been Catholic for 19 years this year, which is kind of crazy to think. The Mass is what really attracted me, which makes total sense if you step back and look at the Mass not just as a worship service, but if you look at the Mass as it is designed and as it was created to be, it is a prayer. It is one long prayer that we are all participating in. It is not just a box to check off once a week. The Mass and the Eucharist, so they do go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Making that mental leap of, this is not just something that we do on Sundays. We go hang out with our friends and we listen to someone talk, but if you really enter into that space of letting the Spirit come into you and living through you as a Mass, time and space fall away and we are united with the angels and the saints praising the Lord, it's mind-boggling. And... (laughs) I, I love it when people do make that connection and they make that realization that first time their eyes are opened, this idea of, this is what heaven's going to be like. It's just amazing. Um, so for me, it was the math that really drew me in and also want to marry. And I bring her up because, again, there's this idea of oh, the Catholic Church is misogynistic. It's not for women. Women have a place in the Church, which when you learn about the Catholic faith, is completely erroneous because not only do women hold a, a place of esteem and an honor, but look at all the faith that i to the There are doctors of the Church that are women. So for people to say, because the Church says women cannot be priests, therefore it is woman, makes no logical sense. Are the people within the institution flawed? Yes. But is the institution itself flawed? No. I mean, I think with anything, we like to blame the sins of humans and individuals and take those sins and apply it to the institution versus looking at the institution as being outside of human condition and human control. Once you've experienced sacraments, once you've experienced actually receiving the body and blood of Christ and that we can do that every day of the year, once you have received that, it's hard to turn away. It's hard to say, you know, I'm going to turn it back because I don't like I think that's the call to action that God's giving each and every one of us. If you don't like what you're seeing, don't just run away. Take it to prayer, first of all. We forget how wonderful and how powerful prayer is. We kind of like toss it off to the side like, all right, fine, i got nothing else to do. I might as well pray about it. But so much happen just in that simple act of prayer and we just we take that for granted. And sometimes our call to action is to do something and sometimes it's just to sit and pray and talk to people and say, I don't know where I'm going or what to do, but I need to hear. I need to listen and be open to it. I would like to say that Mother Mary, she called me home. She's the one that really drew me in. But then also, as she always does, she can draw you in, but then she always points you right back to her son. And she's like, you know, it's not about me. Listen to him, do whatever he tells you to. And just clinging to this idea that she's a young girl and her own personal fiat of, yep, yeah, all right, I will, I don't know how this is gonna happen. I don't know why I've been chosen or why the Lord's going to me, but yes, I will take this unexpected pregnancy. I am not married. I can be killed anytime, time, and yeah, I'm going to go with it, and I'm just going to go with my faith and see what happens. And just to have that level of trust, I mean, if we all just had a modicum of that level of trust that, that Mother Mary has, we could just do so much more. I'm multiracial, actually. My father's white. My mom is black. They call us high yellow at some point. which is kind of funny here. Or high yellow. There was a little bit of talent growing up multiracial in the 80s. And in particular, it's just feeling where these belong. So I grew up in the Midwest. There's a lot of diversity in urban centers, but, you know, not so much as you get further out from all those urban centers. It wasn't until I hit high school, and that's again, it's when we moved. So there was a little connection here. We moved uh, a little bit further out from the city. And I was in a high school that was predominantly white. And it was there when my race and my skin color suddenly became a thing because there weren't many other black or even Latino kids in my school and the ones that were there they were brought in from the city as part of an attempt to better integrate schools because they're on the cover so the kids that were black or Latino were bused in and then they were bused out they actually did not live in the same city that I was living in and that's when the race and skin color kind of came to me because I was too white for black kids and I was two blacks for the white kids and I didn't know it actually had a name until a couple of years ago. That's when I actually started code-switching. And I'm sure a lot of people will probably understand what I mean by code-switching. Even now, I can hear it depending on which group I'm with, whether it's the way that I speak, the mannerisms, my word choice, it's real. Code-switching is a real thing. And even last night, I was watching this program on Disney, and it was a choice program about these former high school classmates that went back to redo their high school musical. It was down in Texas, and so all the kids there were American. And I could actually hear myself. I was code-switching in my thoughts was feeling like I want to be there and I wanted to be there with them. And so it really became this norm for me. And then the other weird thing, which I'm sure other women of color have experiences, they're random people touching your hair. <laughs> or my favorite ask the question of, so what are you anyway? When you're asked so many times, what are you anyway? You kind of get snarky after a while, and I started answering humans <laughs> and, of course, getting blank stares because of that. It's just the absurdity of that question. But I get it. We want to categorize people. And the novelty of being a black Catholic is less out here in California because the church is much more diverse out here in California it's because of demographics of the state in general. However, there really are not a lot of black Catholics still. I mean, there's a lot of Filipinos, there's a lot of Latinos, there's a lot of Southeast Asian or even The Indian subcontinent, but there aren't a lot of black folks that are Catholic. So there is a little bit of that novelty, but it's not as big as it is when I go back to the Midwest once a year and you're the only one in the church. Yep, here I am. Not long after my conversion, I heard people saying, Well, you don't look like you're Catholic. And I didn't know that you people could be Catholic. And I'm like, Who are you people? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, these are also from older adults, older, older white adults. And I completely can understand that you're basically asking someone to change how many years of ingrained thought and ingrained processes. I mean, it's very similar to how sometimes you still hear older people at math saying, and also with you versus, and with your fear. and it's been how many years since we've had that, that response team. So it's like, it's that, like, it, it completely gets ingrained there. But it is still, um, really funny when I hear, you know, well, you don't look like you be Catholic, and that actually led to one of my first speaking opportunities was, what does a Catholic woman even look like? Because we've gotten the fear of Catholic women having this look to them, whether it's, you know, having multiples of children around them, or there's a lot of gingham in their house, or there's a lot of chicken. We started having this, this kind of stereotype of what Catholic women look like. And we are so diverse, and there's so many ways to look at us. We are not just gingham-loving chicken farmers, although we did have a chicken, and now she rests in a turtle peak. That's very sad but that's also what led to my wanting to bring more attention to not only what black catholics have brought to the faith in general but even what we're still bringing to the faith and it's always so exciting when you hear and read about somebody who either converted people and they're black or they've always been back you're like oh my goodness this person i have never heard of her i think of a new saint friend of mine uh sythia bowman i love 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 her She's a servant of God right now. She was based out of La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is where one of my aunts went to school, actually. And again, you know, not a very diverse area. She's a black nun, and she started kind of crossing pollinating this idea of black culture with catholicism the one thing that she's most known for is getting i think it was more safer i may have response the same on um, 60 minutes to say that black is beautiful and this is you know back in the 70s and she she died of cancer but just looking at that how she made it her calling was to just integrate and show yes the church is welcoming to whomever as long as you can respect and adhere to what the church teaches and stands for there is a place for you but you really have to die to yourself and that there's a little bit of that there of having to die to yourself and say I think this is right but I have to be open to maybe it's not and what will happen what will change my heart if I accept and just listen to maybe I'm not always right all the time. The gifts are very similar, I think, to the gifts that I bring Just being a woman, and that's that, it's a different perspective. I've a hard time with this question because I don't think about what I bring, I just do. So I, I actually, I outsourced a little bit. I started asking some friends around. <laughs> I did some research. I bring a different perspective to the church that you don't really see too much in the Catholic public view. And I think that we need to have as many voices as we can to really bring color and flavor to this beautiful faith. I think I can show that Catholicism does work for women, and it does work for women of color, and that there is a place for each and every one of us. Because I was called to the church. I listened, and I gave my own CF when I said, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I did not understand everything. I will tell you, I really struggled with a lot of what the church stood for in the beginning. And there are days I still struggle with things. And I always just you know, offer up to God and I say, Lord, I don't understand that whatever it is that day because it can be changing and it always does i don't understand this and i want you to show me when you're ready having that and being willing to again to dive to myself and to say i don't understand it i don't understand why the church stands for whatever hot button issue i don't understand it but i know that you will show it to me when i'm ready for it that has been the greatest gift that i think i've gotten from our faith it's kind of like parenting you know what i mean if you're a parent you know that kids need boundaries and they like rules and they feel safe that way and if you just let your kids do whatever they want your quality of life would not be or as good as it could be is when you've given them boundaries and saying no this is what I'm going to do for you to help keep you safe or to help you on your path I'm not just going to let you oh a okay, kid you're born go off on your own you're, you're good to go <laughs> we will not know the full extent of what God has to give to us until we are meeting Him, until we are standing face to face, and so at this time we just have to, you know, trust in Him. So yes, because can work for women, and it can work for women of color, and I invite anyone who's questioning or seeking to ask lots of questions because Catholicism loves questions. <laughs> you know, don't don't ever let someone tell you that they don't. Asking questions has been the biggest thing. Is that you have this invitation to, if you don't understand something, ask. Find out why. Don't just take it on Facebook. you don't just take it from. Some Somebody who quote unquote used to be Catholic because they are not experts on all things Catholic. They are experts on their own personal Catholic journey and where they've been. But find out, go to the source, go to source material. Don't just accept someone's hearsay for it. Even if they seem like a really, you know, credible source. Always question. Question everything until it's been revealed to you. I would call myself an orthodox Catholic. And I like that word more so than, you know, liberal or conservative or traditional, because I think that all those words have political connotations to them. And so I do take more of an orthodox point of view in that I really like to find out the whys before, you know, jumping into things. Taking that orthodox point of view and embracing it also helps me to keep the weird politics out of Catholicism. And again, showing people how this is this one true faith that we have, how it's the good and the true and the beautiful really can be shared among everyone else if you take away all that extra clutter that we as humans like to throw in there. I love my traditions with the Big T, and I love bringing in those traditions into my home. Um, Actually, this past Monday on Epiphany, We, we had an Epiphany party. Just for context, our home is about 12 or feet. It's tiny. It's a little California bungalow. And we had over 30 people crammed into our tiny little house. (laughs) But we had this beautiful gathering of people and it was Catholics. It was non-Catholics. It was members of the Latter-day Saints Church. And we were just all gathering together to celebrate the Epiphany and the coming of the Three Kings and to celebrate you know, the birthday of Jesus. And it was such a wonderful night of just people connecting and laughing and getting together. And that was all because of diving into that more liturgical living how do I bring the church into my home not just being a Catholic on Sunday I'm a Catholic seven days a week 24 hours a day you know I never stop being Catholic and just living that life in my own way I feel like it's brought me so many blessings and I think people like to hang out with us too (laughs) so I guess you know the the gift of hospitality is in there also or just embracing the the values and the ideals of the Catholic church and then just sharing that and trying to make sure that we are sticking to that things that are good and that they're true and they're beautiful. And, you know, we're always seeking those three values and when you find them, you find them in Christ. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit Amen. Father, I thank you for this time for the stories that you put into each one of our hearts. I thank you for giving us the outlet to not only connect with each other over time and over space, but also the desire to others toward you. Father, I say for each and every person listening right now, and I thank you for giving them the gift of time to stop and to hear each and every one of these very special stories, so that each one comes from you. Lord, I ask that you continue to bless this ministry and this mission in your holy name. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.